thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do what was done in Kings. Elijah challenged the, the false prophets, and they begin to prep themselves and dance for hours and hours and do all the different things they could try to do to get the attention of no God at all. We thank you, Lord, that we just begin to praise you and worship you because you're there. You're with us everywhere we go. We thank you for that, Lord, that even when we don't feel you close, you're there. That when you came to this earth, it was declared God with us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you showed us what the Father was like. we can see what God is like by how you walked on the earth and the things that you did, the things that you okayed, the things that you were against, the things that you came against and broke the yokes of bondage and slavery and fear and death. We thank you for that, that we can have the confidence in who our God is and what he is like. And we thank you that you've given us the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, to live in us and come alongside of us and reveal us daily who you are and what you're for. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, be with us today in your word. I pray, God, that this would be a word that truly lands in good soil. Lord, prepare the hearts of your people today. I know the seed's good. I know the word's good. Prepare our hearts. Prepare me today, Lord, not just to minister a message, but to, as I've been chewing on it for the last couple weeks and wrestling with it, Lord, that I would be a doer of the word. Lord, help us understand how powerful your words truly are. And we're accountable for them. Amen. Thank you, worship team okay to applaud that. <laughs> it's blessed when we use our gifts, amen? Amen. You can say whatever you like, Dr. Paul.
means so much to us. Thank you. We're pretty blessed to have uh, the examples that we have in this church. Amen? Put God first in your life. Put what he wants first in your life. And you pursue him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you'll find joy. <laughs> you'll find a good thing. Amen? Amen. That's awesome. Well, we're going to um, continue on in First Thessalonians. We've been uh, ministering for a few weeks on not quenching the Holy Spirit, not despising prophecy. And we've covered that pretty well. Last week we covered, we started in on First uh, Thessalonians 5.21 to test all things and hold fast to what is good. So we covered how to test um, the prophetic words that are given, how we can measure that against the Word of God, and how we can um, look at that and define, um, is this good for me? And I was, really honestly, I was going to just kind of run past this last point and get into 1 Corinthians. Um, but I felt the Lord really kind of put the brakes on me this week and said, I want you to, to really expound and, and, and get into hold fast to what is good. And, and I was like, okay. And I just had a few things on that. And I was like, well, I don't know if that'd be a message or not. And um, the Lord just, you, if you want me to continue on this, then give me something. And, and you just, the Holy Spirit is so quick to quicken me into a passage of scripture that um, it's in First Corinthians, or I'm sorry, it's in um, Samuel, and um, we're not going to get there yet. But uh, as we look at the hold fast to which is good, that is, we've, we've, we've looked at that God is still using prophetic gifts today, that, that he speaks to his people, that he loves to do that, that we're, we're not going to quench the Holy Spirit, and how we test those words. And once we've come to the point that we've tested the word, remember we've tasted it, that's good, that's from the Lord, it brings confirmation, it aligns up with the word of God, and it's settled in your spirit, then it says, hold fast to that which is good. Now, my mind works this way, and so if it says hold fast to that which is good, that means I can let go of that which isn't. Amen? That wasn't, I tested it, I waited, throw that out. But take what is good. Now, as I begin to look at the word, hold fast, that Greek, it's a Greek word that says kateko, kateko. Now, Greek is pretty awesome, I got to say. Like, English is pretty plain. The word kateko is to hold down. Oh, thank you, Steve. That was awesome. Hold down in various applications. How many of you ever heard the term when someone says, I'm going to hold it down? I'm holding it down. Like, like. Some of you ladies are looking at me like, huh, what are you talking about? Well, that's guys what we're talking about. It's like, I'm holding it down. Like, that's what I thought of when I was like, oh, okay, hold it down. And then that word fast, you know what that means? Fast. It means you better do it quick. That's what I got from that. How many know that anytime you receive a good word from the Lord, there's going to be an enemy, an adversary that's going to try to come and snatch that away. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. So if he can steal it from you, and he's going to come quick, the sooner he can get that prophetic word that you've already determined was from the Lord, you've tested it, you've waited, this is good, he's going to try to take that from you. How many have encountered that? That, that he will start to begin to doubt, bring, now, I don't know, was it really good? Even though you've already tested it, you've already confirmed it, it's already, I don't know if you can trust that. He can begin to bring fears, all kinds of different things. He will try to snatch that away. So you've got to hold it down fast. And then in the other application, it, it's literally and figuratively have hold fast. 
Now, have and hold. This is how I view salvation. Salvation is a gift. Amen? It is a gift. How is it yours? When you take possession of it. The gift is for the whole world. How come everyone isn't saved? Everyone hasn't taken and received and held fast. Now, I don't know about you, but if anything that you've ever got of much value, you hold on to it. And if it's not in your hands, it goes into a safe and it's locked down and being held down. It's been held on to. So when you receive salvation, if you're like I was when I had done all this other jacked up stuff and then really begin to understand that, is this for real? Is he like, is this, is salvation like, I began to grab a hold of that thing. And it wasn't some little thing I just go leave later. I was like, mine, this is mine. I ain't letting go of this. This is this is special. That's what we're to do with the prophetic word that has been given from the Lord that has been tested and weighed, and we have discovered it is good. You take possession of that thing, and you hold it down, and you do that quickly. Are you with me? To keep. Mine. Get your own. Can I borrow? No, it's mine. Can No, you can't test drive it. It's mine. No, I'm keeping it. Do you want to sell No, I don't want to sell it. It's mine. To keep in memory. Ooh, that one stuck me. I, I shared that the Lord had to remind me, hey, why don't you go in that drawer and pull out that word? It was a good word. I need to keep that in my memory. I need to keep that at the forefront, that it's having an impact in my actions and the things that I'm doing. Amen? Now, if it's not a good word, I don't want to keep that in my memory. Now, how come we will listen to words that are from the devil? Fears, doubts, lies, things that even people will speak and say, oh, this is what, no, I don't receive that. You've got to file that thing in trash. The round file? I have a round file. That's where those go. The garbage can, the round file. I'm not going back to that thing. But you want to keep in memory that word, that prophetic word, or that word. Now, I'm also talking about the word of God, the written, inspired word of God. The logos that turns into rhema. That's a beautiful thing. The written word that, how many of you read that, and, and you're like, man, the Holy Spirit has put this passage here for me for today. You need to take possession of that and hold that down. Make progress toward. Toward means forward. You want to be going forward, making progress with that. Possess. Retain. Oh, I like seize on. Those words sound aggressive. It's not a like willy-nilly like, well, yeah. The Lord said he was going to bless me if I would walk in obedience in this area of my life. Yeah, you know, I might get to that at some point. What? How about run to that? Seize on that. Jump on that and grab it and go, oh, my gosh, if this is from you, Lord, I want it. And we've already weighed it and tested it. Amen. Discovered it's good. 
So we're going to make, make for progress going forward. Retain, seize on, take, withhold. That means, no, you can't have it. Withhold. Now, I don't know about you, but that really spoke to me on hold fast to that which is good. Hold on to, do not let the lies of the enemy, the fears of the enemy, the doubts rob you from what has been given to you. What if you actually perceived this as a gift? What if you actually perceived that when the Holy Spirit uses someone or speaks prophetically, even right now what I'm doing is prophetically speaking, if there's good things as, as this message comes forward and it registers in your spirit and you go, that's for me, you should jump on that thing, seize that, grab it, and say, this is mine. There's a little thing on the back of your bulletin for notes. I would write some of those things down that come in and then keep them before you if you value what the Lord is saying. Amen? That's why we highlight our Bibles or circle things or make little notes and go, I have stuff in my Bibles. I'm, I'm one of those weird people that if I had, I wish I just was like a one sword guy. I got like eight swords. Like I got, but I can go through my Bibles and look and there's things written and dates attached to them. The Lord said, this was mine. And it's awfully fun to go back through and go, Ooh, I remember when I got that. Oh, look, and I can measure it. This is where I'm at in that. Or what the heck? How come I haven't taken possession of that? That's holding fast to it. This, this is your responsibility. This isn't anyone else's responsibility. This is not, and it's, it's not your wife's responsibility. Men, man up. This is your responsibility to take possession of those words, those prophetic things, the, what the word says speaking to you and as your home, in your family. You must take possession of those things and seize those truths and those promises. Ladies, you're not exempt. Those things that the Lord is speaking to you, you must. I can't do it for my wife. I can't do it for my kids. I can't do it for you. That's, oh, I wish I could sometimes. I can't do it for me half the time. It's not true. I can. I can do all things. Sometimes I choose not to. That's a truth. But I must. Seize on. When I just, that is good. I must jump on that. I'm responsible for it. It doesn't matter. Well, so-and-so, they didn't think it was good. You know, the Lord is not concerned what so-and-so thought about the word he spoke to you. Paul was not concerned what the other prophets were saying when he got the vision that he received from the Lord. He said, I must go to Macedonia. Prophets came. But Paul... And it was the truth, but Paul, you're gonna, it's going to be like this deal. You're going to be in bondage. God bless you. I know what I saw. I got to go. You're going to have people try to talk you out of the word that God has given you. You're going to have good intending, even Christian people. You are responsible to take hold and hold fast the word that God is speaking to you. Are you hearing me? You 
are going to stand before God all by yourself. And so will I. And I will promise you, he can, how many of you have had him speak to you and there was like all kinds of discovery in a millisecond? He gave you like all of the information. It was ding, 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 ding. And you're like, yep. He can do that. He's going to be like, I gave you the word. You tested it. It was confirmed. It was, yep, 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 yep. Why did you let it go? And you're not going to be like, it was the woman that you gave me. That ain't going to fly. It's not going to, but I had to work. I was tired. No, what did you do with the word that I gave you? I'm responsible. You're responsible. Hold on to it. This is a word you don't hear very much anymore. You must press into. There's a pressing into, and that's going to get covered. And darn it, we're not going to finish this message. I didn't finish it. And I was, so, I was, I got pretty positive we were going to finish this. But no. But you got to press in. We don't even sometimes know what that is. I mean, you got to lean into that thing. Okay, I, I'm, I'm grabbing that. I'm pressing into this. I'm, I'm going to go see, like, what does this really mean? I want to expand on this. I want to discover what the boundaries are of this. I'm pressing into that. I'm committed to this. That's a commitment word. you got to press into what's been tested found to be good. Amen? Now let's look at the word good. Kalos. Kalos. First word, beautiful. You know, you can use this word for Jesus. This definition. This is good. You need to hold fast to that which is good, that is beautiful. You know, we don't have a problem not doing that in the natural. Like, I don't see ladies go out and buy ugly flowers. Like, those are, God, those flowers are so pitiful. I must have those and bring them home. Those flowers, they smell so awful. I must be the one that rescued them. They don't do that with men either. That poor sucker, he looked like he got hit by ugly. I gotta have it. laughing because it's the truth. What do we hold fast to? Oh, this is deep. I must have that in my life. When we discover something's beautiful, when we discover something's good, not just figuratively, but literally and morally, hear me church, uh oh, I said the moral word. It's morally good. You see, the church has not done a good job of keeping and holding on to that which is good. That which is valuable or virtuous. You see, when you discover something like that, that's what you hold fast to. This is that. Brothers and sisters who are operating in their gifts and you've tested already, you've seen that it is good. 
we must cherish that and see that that's a beautiful thing. I don't fully understand it. I don't even know if I can attain to that. I don't know how that's going to happen. Man, that's good. I want that. You hear me? You have to contend and press into that. That means there's some effort on your part. It's not going to be yours if you just, oh, I think that's a good word. Well, if it's really my word, it'll come back to me. I mean, you know, go get it. There ain't anyone that says anything that's of any value, and you believe it's yours, and you just let it go. Oh, no, you you pursue it. You're going to do whatever you got to do to get it and keep it. Amen? So as I was pretty well done with expanding what I can do with a seven-word sentence, Hold fast to what you've said is good. It came to the point of, Lord, that is going to be a short message. And he brought me to a remembrance of Second Samuel chapter 22. I remembered the story. I remember the mighty men of David. Now, if you've done any reading on David's mighty men, he had some mighty men. There was 37 in total, but there was three in particular. They were so bad that they were known as the three. Like, that's, like, David's mighty men, and then there's the three. That just sounds like, that's, they're pretty hardcore. Like, when people heard of, like, so, so so-and-so, like, there's going to be a battle. Okay, cool. Like, the three are coming. Like, when you're known by, like, not even your name, just the three, People were like, oh, that's not good. Like, the, the mighty man is one thing, but the three? We don't know much about this because we're in a day and age of, like, participation trophies and, like, everybody wins. No, no, not everybody wins. Like, not everybody is in the three. Not everyone in that battle. Not everyone that were soldiers were in David's mighty men. Now, let me... Here's good news for all of us. We qualify. We could be in David's mighty men because David's mighty men. Now, I'm not speaking for you, but I'm speaking to you. I qualify. I'll go. They were mostly derelicts. They were rejected from other people. They were those who had violated the law. Some of them were running from the law. And David just attracted these guys. And David saw value in them. And they loved David, and they served David, and they fought with David. And out of these different men, three of them arose. Now, let's look what it says. It says, these are the names of David's mighty warriors. Josheb, the Shebeths, they got to be strong men. That's like a boy named Sue. Like, you get a handle like that, you're going to be fighting. Um, he is a Tachamanite. That's powerful. Um, was chief of the three, he raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar. Now this is who I want you to pay attention to. Eleazar, son of Dodai. Some translations say Dodo, which is a whole other thing. You got to be a strong cat if your dad's name's Dodo. The Aohite. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pasdamon. 
Now, in Chronicles, it tells us the story, this same battle, but it says that there's this whole, and, it, and this was the same area where David fought Goliath, by the way. This is a pretty common area for battle. David and his three, two, three mighty men are in a wheat field, and they're holding it down. They're holding it down. All of Israel's army is with them. And they're not just holding it down, and they're outnumbered. But the three mighty men is taunting the Philistines. Now, I don't know about you, um, but usually people, like, you got to be really good if you're cocky. Or you should be. You should be really, really good if you're cocky. Right? If you're talking trash, you better be good. Like, the three could talk some trash. Like, if you ever watch basketball, some of the, like, Larry Bird was a, an awesome basketball player. He was even a better trash talker. Michael Jordan, amazing basketball player, amazing trash talker. Like, these three are talking some trash to the Philistines. Now, guess what happened? Then the Israelites retreated. I shared with the first service. I had experiences I didn't even remember, but I did this morning as I was preparing my message. And I went to Calaveras High School, and back in that time, there was it was it was a long time ago, thirty years ago. It went fast, but I remember this like it wasn't thirty years ago. Um, we would come over to Jackson because it was the only movie theater around. Angels Camp that theater wasn't up and running at that time, um, so we'd come over here and watch movies. And then Taco Bell was always here open. It was like the only place open, and we'd go to Taco Bell. Well, there was girls from Jackson area in Sutter Creek that were over here. And the guys from Amador and Jackson, and Argonne, they didn't like the guys from Calaveras coming over talking to the girls over here. So we would come over here, go to the movies, go to Taco Bell, talk to the girls. And they didn't like that. So things started, you know, well, before long, it was like, dude, it's on. It's like, yeah, next week, whatever, whatever. whatever. So I had a friend whose mom and dad had a van. Like, dude, all right, we're going to pile all these guys in this van. So we do. We go over, and sure enough, and they, they brought a lot of vans in. And we jump out of the van. It's like, it's like, it's comical. Like, the door opens, gold sliding. I think it was a Chevy van or something. Who knows? You know, captain chairs, people are swinging out. And we go jumping out, and me and my buddy Sean were, like, leading the charge. And we get pretty close, and we're hearing, Get in the van. I'm like, what? We turn around. They're in the van. And the van is moving. <laughs> it was time to go. <laughs> so we said, and it was frustrating because it's like, oh, ah, it's not a tough decision when the van's leaving. That's what Israelites did to these guys. They're in it, holding it down, outnumbered, and they turn around, and the rest of Israel, they're leaving. They took it pretty serious. These three pressed in. Didn't matter what everyone else did. They knew who their God was. David had that attitude. A young boy saying, Talking to Goliath, he's telling Goliath, I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. You uncircumcised Philistine, who do you think you are? 
Now, he's doing that because not because he's all that in a bag of chips. He knows who his God is. And he has a confidence that is amazing. He is, he is so confident in who his God is that he says, today, I'll have your head with your sword. These three are standing with that type of man. And they must be looking going, David isn't leaving. You will leave. And they press in. Now, Eleazar, in this battle, says he stood his ground. Israelites left, but Eleazar stood his ground. He held it down. And he went to swinging that sword. It says he struck down the Philistines to his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. How many have ever encountered your hand being so tired that it's stuck in a position? I have. When I was young, I, ride, I, I used to ride dirt bikes like all day long, a lot. And when you're riding really hard, and you, especially like when you come out, if you haven't done it for a while, I would ride and get done, and my hand would be like, like this. And you could pull it and go boink. It would go, it would boink right back to that spot. Eleazar grabbed a hold of that sword. Now listen, it says he stood his ground, struck down the, down the his hand grew tired. Now here's where a lot of people would, I got tired. No, as his hand got tired, you know what he did? He gripped even harder. That's how your hand gets stuck to a sword. As, as that thing, he start, his hand's getting tired, it's starting to get a loose in his hand, he determines, I am not letting this thing go. And he squeezes with everything that he has, and he keeps going at it, and he keeps going at it, until what happens? It says, the Lord brought about a great victory that day. Here's what I believe wholeheartedly. God sees men and women who will take the stand, who will lean in, defying all odds, no matter what else everyone else is doing, and he goes, oh yeah, I'm with him. That's what he did with David. He said, that's my boy right there. It wasn't that David was such a great slinger of the rocks. It was that God saw David stand up for him, and he backed his play. He said, that rock is going to hit that spot that's open. That kid is going to win a victory today. He's going to be known that when you step out in faith, victory is there for you. And guess what? That's what Eleazar did. He said, I'm, if I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. And God came, and it says, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Do you know what that means? It means the rest of the army came back after Eleazar had already done all the fighting, and they defeated the enemy, and then they plundered the enemy. They rolled them over, took their wallets. Said, how much cash is in there? I'll take that. Ooh, that's a good weapon. I like that. The rest of the army benefited because Eleazar stood his ground and planted his feet and pressed into that battle. Who's going to do that today? You see, most of us, we start praying, and we want God to give us faith and the, for faith to come and take us out of that fight. That's what we do. We pray, oh, no, there's way too many. I don't know what we're going to do with that. Lord, deliver me from this. And, and we're praying, God, give me the faith so that you can miraculously come and, and I can transplant and transplace to some other place. And God said, that's not what I have for you. 
Faith is not to get you out of a hard place. I'd write this one down. This is good. Faith is to not get you out of a hard place, but it's to change your heart in the hard place. Eleazar had a decision. Those mighty men had a decision. They could have prayed, God, if I just get the faith, Lord, you can take me out of this whole situation. But I want to change your heart in it. I want to turn you into a warrior. I want to turn you into something. I see things in you that you do not see. Do you trust me? Do you believe me? This is what I want to do with you, not with someone else. we have to be relentless and not give an inch of ground to our enemy no matter what the odds I'm pretty sure this is it I don't think if you're waiting for like a big backup army to come and rescue us take a look around pretty sure this is it I believe we're in the end days. I believe we're in the last days. I believe I can look at the prophetic calendar, the things that are in the Bible, and go that we're getting close to his return. So you need to determine in your heart what is of value right now. What is good? What is the words that God has been given to me? And I need to go hold on to Anthony. God, I don't know who all's giving you words, but he, dude, you need to be strong. And, and, Know that God has placed you in this moment for such a time as this. Do not be discouraged at all. What God wants to do through this youth group and through you, it doesn't matter what other people don't see it. It doesn't matter what they think about it. It doesn't matter what isn't recognized. You take possession of what God is saying and giving to you, and you don't let anyone do anything with that. You fight that off. You fight the enemy that's going to try to steal, come, come steal, kill, and destroy. Anyone, if people that want to speak negative about it, you say, I don't receive that. You take hold of what God is saying. Yeah, it's a good word. Others may retreat. Church, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be some people retreat. I'm not prophesying that. I'm telling you what the word of God says. It says in the last days, many will leave. Those who were in the faith are going to leave the faith. So it's you have to have your heart determined that I'm going to take possession of what God has spoke to me. I'm going to take possession of what God's word says. I'm, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. It doesn't matter if my wife leaves me and says, you're a lunatic, you're a Christian, you believe this stuff. What are you going to do with the truth that God's given you? You better hold fast to it. It doesn't matter if your wife goes, you're nuts. God isn't going to do that. What did he say? Here's what I'm going to tell you. And I'm not picking on wives. Same thing, wives. Your husband, this is what the Lord said. You hold on to that. When it all comes down to it, guys, every one of you are going to stand before the Lord alone and give an account for what he has given you in his word and what he has spoken to you. You're going to be by yourself. You won't be able to say, well, 
They didn't, they didn't agree. No one else believed it. What did I say? You're going to probably need to stand with someone who's in the heat of the battle. You need to hear me. You better know who you're standing with. And you better know what you're fighting for. Hear me. When, if we're, if this, is, this is for real. Like, we're not playing games anymore. Like, church, we're in a time that it's for serious. Like, the van is leaving you better fight. You better do something. Because the enemy's not playing. And if you're thinking there's going to be three more vans show up, it ain't looking good. But here's what's looking good. I know who my God is. I know me plus him, we're good. Like, if he gives me a squirt gun, we can fight hell with it. He can supernaturally turn that little squirt into a huge fire hose. He can, he's God. If he can kill a giant with a little rock and a kid with a sling, we're good. Like, you better know that. And you better know who you're standing with. Because I want to be standing next to those people when we go back to back. And I'm like, okay, I got this side, you got that side. I can turn around and you're still there. Especially if I'm coming alongside of you to fight with you and your word and your cause. Too many times... We're not, people are coming alongside of us to pray with us, to encourage us, and then we let go of the word. You go, what are you doing? It's like the Lord can speak the word to Joe. I'm going to pick on Joe because who knows I love him. I don't know about the rest of my people. This isn't helping Joe when Joe, I know the Lord gave Joe a word, and then I come along and go, well, off and maybe that wasn't the Lord maybe that's not what Joe needs Joe needs someone to come alongside of him and say man I'm with you don't let go of what God says don't let go I know it doesn't look good I know it, I don't see it happening right now but if God said it you can cast it down he's faithful I got your back I'm going to pray with you I'm going to stand with you that's what we need to do we're not helping our brothers and sisters. Go ahead. We're not helping our brothers and sisters when things get tough and we just tell them, oh, well, you know, who knows? No, we've already tested the word. We've already waited. We know it was the Lord. We need to hold one another accountable. We need to say, but brother, I heard you say. I heard you make that commitment. I heard you said you knew that the Lord said. Don't let go of that. Man, squeeze tighter. Don't let go now. We're not doing that very well, church. We're not holding fast to that which is good. You see, Eliezer grew tired, but he didn't quit. I remember when I discovered this in the Word of God for myself. When I was in jail, when I was 
beginning to believe the word of the Lord that he was beginning to speak to me and, I, and my confidence began to grow a little bit and, and I began to really put faith and trust in the word of God. I began to pick up on a theme through his word as I was devouring it and it was very simply this. I'm like, because I knew, look, I knew when I talked to the Lord, when I became a Christian, I knew I wasn't going to be a good one. Like, I, it wasn't like this is going to look pretty. Like, this is probably going to be a mess. I don't, I got a hard head and I learned things the hard way and I didn't make big grandiose promises. But once I learned that if I just don't quit, I win. That changed everything for me. I got really focused on just don't quit. I don't need to know like all these other things. I mean, I, I do want to learn how to fight the way he wants me to fight. And I want to sharpen my sword. I want all those things. But early on, I just needed to know if you don't quit, you win. And church, that has not changed. Eleazar knew this. I am not letting go of the sword. I'm going to hold this down. This is my ground, and I'm going to fight. And guess what? He won. And there's no difference for us, church. If we don't quit, the battle has already been won. Every one of God's promises are yes and amen. So if he said it, you must go. It's yes and amen. And I'm standing with that. That means that is yes and amen. That means if you're fighting through and, and you're believing and you're going, this is what God's word says about this. And I'm standing on that. I'm fighting with it. I'm going to take put that in my hand and I'm going to war with it. I'm going to press into that. I might not see it yet. I might not fully understand it yet. It might not have manifested in my before my eyes yet. But I'm pressing into this. I'm going to hold this down. only time we lose in this battle is if we quit. Now look, not everybody was listed as David's mighty men. Not everybody. Not everyone got the, oh, you showed up to the battle. Here's your participation trophy. No, a bunch of people left the battle. Those who won, those who got the crown, those who were saw as victorious were those who stayed in the fight. Those who got the well done, they stayed in the fight. They pressed in. They didn't give up the ground. The sword is God's word. Still talking about prophecy. Those dreams, those things that have come, the visions, the I shared with the first service, my mom got word from the Lord before I was saved. I don't know, she probably still has the Bible, she probably could show you. But she wrote them down. I do the same thing, I write things down in my Bible. She wrote down that the Lord was going to save me. That he set me free. Okay, that was the first one. Well, you can go look at those dates, and very shortly after each one of those words, it got worse. I'm going to set him free. Go to jail. That doesn't sound like free. She had to contend. She had to hold on to what the Lord told her. She had to press into that. And then I don't know how many months later or years later or whatever, another word came. I think she held on to that. I will do what I said I will do. 
And I'm pretty sure a few days after that, I went to jail again. I was not helping her cause. I was not in agreement with her. The Lord again said whatever he said. There was three. That time, I'm looking at a seven-year sentence. And my mom, my mom went to, I remember my dad went to court with me, with me one time. That was, that was comical. <laughs> my dad's got a good sense of humor. Like, you know you're in trouble when your dad's like, you're stupid. Everybody gets a piece of paper, and it has, like, a charge, right? It's called your, you go to the doctor, and you get your paperwork. It's got a charge on it. Well, everyone gets their paper, and it has a charge. I got papers, three papers with charges and prior, 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 charge, prior, prior, prior. Everyone's like, Gus, he looks, he's like, that's what he said. And he was right. But the Lord said something different. And God orchestrated something so God that someone had to contend. Someone had to take those words and say, this is mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold this down. And church, that's where we're at today. It's time for us to stand up. Don't despise. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't despise prophecy. Test what is being said. And after it's been tested, you hold fast to that which is good, which is beautiful, which is morally right, which looks like Christ. Amen? You're responsible for that. Now, the second half is better. I thought I was going to end on this like, but we don't have time because we got to, we get to. So put some of this into action. At 2 o'clock today, at 2 o'clock, we're going to go do some warfare. We're going to do some warfare. I like to stick it to the devil. I like, I, defense is cool. Like, we're going to talk about some of that next week. Like, defense is fun. I like offense. I would much rather hit someone than block punches. Just saying. <laughs> like, and if you don't agree, you haven't been punched very many times. It's a lot better to punch someone than to get punched. I learned a long time ago, like, the whole, like, when you're young, like, hit me first. Like, forget that. <laughs> I'll hit you first if I know we're going to get in a fight. For real. I ain't not waiting for you to hit me. It might be one punch and over. I'd rather be the one punch and it's over. No, that's not being brave. That's being real. I don't like getting hit. It does hurt. And I'll tell you, if you get hit and you stay down, it's all bad. That's when the boots come out. And the enemy, he don't play. If you think you're going to curl up in a ball and just weather the storm through this, you are a fool. Nowhere in the word does God say, curl up in a ball and just wait for me to come. Stand your ground. And when you've done all to stand, stand. That means get up. Take possession of the word and the voice and the things that God's speaking to you. Own what his word says. 
And you put that into faith and into action. Not that God, take me away. And I'm all good with that. Like, I'm good, take me away. But he might be wanting to change my heart to say, hey, I want you to fight while you're here. You need to might come alongside someone else and say, hey, come on, pick up your sword. I got this. Amen? Lord, I believe you want us to let go of whatever it is that's keeping us from picking up the sword. Whatever our hands are full of, that's not allowing us to pick up that sword, that good word, and hold fast to it like Hagar. God, remove it from us. We give it to you. Lord, I'm reminded again of you, I believe, do the same thing as that our army and our armed services do. Recruiters don't bring moving vans and trucks for the recruits. When we sign up, and or the men and women that sign up in the military, they don't get to bring all their household items, all their favorite clothes, all their, they come themselves. They let go of everything else, and you equip them. Lord, I thank you. That's what you want to do with us today. You want to equip us. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our weak knees. Lord, that the, the things that we're carrying that we want to go with that, Lord, you don't want us to carry, Lord, reveal it to us in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us the wisdom to let go of the things that are keeping us from getting in the fight. Lord, may our hand cleave to your word. May our hand cleave to those prophetic words that you've given that we know are good. Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being in this day and in this time that we can fight and see the victory with our own eyes. We thank you for